0: What happens when a group of police officers try to take on a group of fur smugglers, but these fur smugglers are from another planet? And then we travel to a haunted hospital. Is there any truth to the ghost stories surrounding this hospital? And more importantly, is this ghost powerful enough to kill children? Today on Dead Rabbit Radio. Welcome back to another episode of Dead Rabbit Radio. I'm your host, Jason Carpenter. I'm having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great day, too. If you guys listened to yesterday's episode, it was pretty depressing. This episode, obviously, I'm talking about a ghost possibly killing babies. Still depressing. I've been looking over the notes for what I'm doing for the rest of the week. It seems to be be a pretty depressing week, but before any of you guys ask, I'm doing fine. Just sometimes the stories that get selected, uh, it's weird. Who would have thought? Who would have thought a true crime and paranormal podcast would ever be depressing? But someone who never depresses us, walking into Dead Rabbit Command right now with a huge smile on his face, give it up for our newest Patreon supporter, Stephen Burrows. Woo! Yeah, come on in. He's burrowing on into Dead Rabbit Command. I'm sure he's never heard that joke before. He pops out like a little gopher. Stephen, you're going to be our captain, our pilot this episode. If you guys can't the Patreon, I totally understand. Just help spread the word about the show. That really... Really helps out a lot. Now, Stephen, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the Dead Rabbit Dirigible. We're going to leave behind Dead Rabbit Command. We're headed all the way out to South America. This is a really interesting story because I got this from a website called inesplicata.blogspot.com. They handle a lot of UFO stories in Mexico and Central America and South America. And even they, when they're writing about this, they go, listen, we don't have a date or a time for any of this stuff. We had a hard time even finding this place on a map. They go, this story does seem quite outlandish. We don't have a date. We don't have a location. Well, the story supposedly takes place in a a location called, a, a, a ravine called... Quebrada de la Bandurias, but they said there's actually two or more places with that name, but they, they tried locating this on a map. So somewhere in the border region is where this story takes place. And what happens is there are five mounted police officers riding through the area. They're dun dun, 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 dun like little cowboy cops and stuff like that, riding their horses. They're like petting their horses, feeding their horses apples. Just a fun day. (laughs) I don't think these guys are on picnic. They're on patrol. These police officers were like, you know, it's such a sunny day. Let's take our horses out and walk through the gorge. They're actually patrolling the area. And they come across something that they describe as a silvery house just sitting there in the canyon. And the lieutenant who's leading this patrol slash teddy bear picnic, he puts his hand up and he goes, stop, guys. I bet you that is where there's a bunch of fur smugglers. Because we know there are fur smugglers in the area. And we know fur smugglers love bling. So they probably spent all their fur money building a silver house. That's probably them. So guys, fan out. Make your horses all super quiet and stuff. So they put like big mittens on the horseshoes. So they're like... They don't even hear these horses sneaking up on them. And these police officers are able to fan out. and They're kind of surrounding this silvery house. And I don't know if this is proper police procedure. I doubt it. I'm sure there's a hundred different ways they could have handled this situation, but they've surrounded the silver house, and the lieutenant's like, "Hey, Jones, over there! You're you, you're over there behind your bush." <laughs> Somehow, there's a bush big enough to hide a man on a horse. Flush them out, boys! And Jones picks up a rock. And throws it at the house, which I mean, it is effective, right? It wouldn't make you come out of the house if all of a sudden you were just sitting at home and a rock hit your house. You would wonder what caused it. There's probably like other ways to do that because if you were a criminal in the middle of nowhere and a rock hit your house, you're going to not just check. You're going to bring your guns with you. And that's what happens. These, the Jones throws a rock at the house. Bong. And then the occupants of the house come out of the house and they take up defensive positions behind like rocks and other shrubs and things like that. And that's when the lieutenant, again, I don't know if this is normal police procedure, (laughs) when a bunch of people walk out of a house, I don't think this is what you're supposed to do. They, They haven't committed any crimes, right? Basically, all that's happened now is someone threw a rock, a police officer threw a rock at his house, and then everyone in the house left, like came out and they were scared, so they hit behind a rock. The lieutenant orders his officers, open Fire! (laughs) <laughs> and these dudes are getting shot at from all angles. The story doesn't describe what the dudes look like. It just says that the occupants of the house spilled out. But I think the implication, one, it's being covered on a UFO website and the Silvery House, right? You're thinking, you know, maybe that's like a it'd be one way to describe a landed UFO. But these people aren't described as reptilians or greys or anything like that. So why do we think they're alien? Well, I mean, they could be human fur smugglers, but the heat they're packing is a little out of this world. So you have the police shooting at these dudes who just walked out of their house. You threw a rock out of the house and they walked out. And what happens is beams of light start to shoot from the quote-unquote fur smugglers' positions. So you have these guys hiding behind rocks. And while bullets are flying at them, all of a sudden, mm <laughs> There are these bright, super bright, multicolored beams shooting out from behind the cover. And maybe you figure someone's just trying to shine a flashlight in your face you're playing that old game, gun versus flashlight. You figure maybe someone's just shooting flashlights at you or what. But all of a sudden, one of these beams of light that were just kind of flying by randomly shines on one of the police officer's horses. And the horse split open from the inside out. They said, they described it as watching a horse turn into a cauliflower. Just completely open up and just get shredded from the inside out. And the horses were obviously so big, that was the easiest target. And they see one of these horses just go everywhere. And before anyone can really react to this, one of the beams hits one of the officers in the chest. No! And he also billows out. All of his internal organs just kind of get sucked out of his body and get shredded up. And he begins to just tear open. His flesh and his muscle begin to just get shredded after getting struck by this beam of light. And he falls down dead. At this point, the lieutenant realizes these guys probably aren't fur smugglers. And even if they are fur smugglers, the the cops are completely outgunned. So he orders a retreat. Let's get out of here, guys. Come on, come on. And they're riding away. I guess one guy doesn't have a horse. He's like having to ride on the back of someone else's horse. And they left that officer there. They couldn't get him. The police officers make it back to the station. And they're like, dude, you guys won't believe what happened. We're out having a picnic. I mean, we are out on patrol. We weren't having that picnic. Like, we were warned about three times. One more picnic and we were going to be fired, chief. We weren't having a picnic. And you'll notice that we're missing a horse and an officer. They both got hit by a cauliflower gun. I don't think he actually called it that. The chief's like, oh, that makes me hungry. Time for a picnic. They go, yeah, this guy got shot by the beam and he split open from the inside out. So they go back about two days later. They get a larger contingent of troops and they go back down to the canyon And when they get there, there's nothing there. There's nothing visible. And so the chief goes, are you sure this is the location, Lieutenant? It's like, yeah, right down there is where the Silver House was. So they get even closer. They don't find the Silver House. They don't find any of the occupants. They don't even find the bodies of the fallen police officer or the horse. But the ground is still soaked with the blood of these two fallen comrades. This clearly was the spot where the battle took place. But other than thick horse blood soaking into the soil, there is no proof that this encounter ever happened. It's a fascinating story. The website nxsplitkata.blogspot.com got it from an author named Jorge Onfruens or you research your Jorge Onfruens and they were a little skeptical of it but they weren't skeptical of it because of the details they just said we don't have a date we don't have a time we don't even really have a location we wish we could research this a little bit more what's interesting is that when you look at the article Jorge is very cagey about giving any of this information up he says it either took place in the Chilean border or the Peruvian border or the Bolivian border and then he goes but I really don't want to tell you either way. And it's interesting for a UFO researcher to be that cagey, but again, sometimes they may have gotten the story from someone who doesn't want that information revealed and they have to obfuscate a details a little bit. Fascinating story, though. One, it could be totally made up. Fine. But other than that, these are either humans versus an alien force, which you have covered multiple times on this show. And it's interesting because sometimes the aliens just get completely annihilated by a couple of farmers with shotguns. And then other times we have KGB troops laying siege to an alien-controlled island and the battle is far more balanced in that you have military versus greys and they were just killing them. I'll put that episode in the show notes. I really like that story. But we, it, it never, you can never predict this. Like whenever we start one of these stories where the humans are fighting aliens, it's hard to tell who's going to win. We've seen it happen both ways. In this situation, the aliens <laughs> clearly won. They inflicted more casualties. They caused the police to... Evacuate. But what's also interesting about the story is there is nothing in it that says that they are aliens other than their weaponry. This easily could have been humans with experimental guns. So it could have been humans, right? It could have been humans with this technology that we can only describe or only makes us think of aliens. Because we don't have any ray gun technology that splits people open like that. You could argue that we have lasers on like battleships and things like that can shoot down missiles. You definitely can't hold them in your hand. There's no really even description of the weapon. It's just they just saw these beams emitting from where these people were standing. It was just decimating the troops. A so fascinating story. Was it humans with some advanced technology? Was it some sort of Black operation run by the U.S. government or by some sort of corporation. It, I, I think about that, but what were they doing out in the middle of nowhere? I mean, were they testing their weapons on trees? Why would they have been there? Was it a listening post? When you, it, It's actually easier to think of it as being aliens, because aliens like to be in the middle of nowhere doing stuff black operations, when you're talking about KGB, CIA, stuff like that, or nowadays grew with Russia, you have these organizations, Mossad from Israel. They like to be kind of not discoverable. They definitely don't walk around with a big shirt saying, I'm from Mossad. Where are you from? But, you also don't run it in like the desert, right? You don't really have many spying opportunities if you're in Death Valley. So they would want to be around population centers, unless this was some sort of listening post or something like that. It's just fascinating it was or maybe it was just fur smugglers who somehow traded enough fur that they were able to invest their money in their laser technology that all fur traders secretly want. We don't know. Humans with laser guns, aliens with laser guns? Who knows? And again, that just adds another layer of mystery to it. I think I would be more leery of a human with a laser gun just because I know how... Despicable some humans can be. I mean, okay, let's be fair. I don't want to be shot with a laser gun by either of them, but yeah, if a human's out in the middle of nowhere with a laser gun, he is up to no good. That that I will go on the record as saying that. And if you're currently in the middle of nowhere in your hermit shack and you're building your laser gun and you're listening to this podcast, you're like, oh, he doesn't like me. I like you. If if you currently have a laser gun, you're my best friend. I was talking about someone else. I was talking about another hermit with a laser gun. Fascinating story. Again, what happens when humans come in contact with aliens? We don't know. There's so many different ways these stories can play out. This one ended with a horse and a cop being turned into cauliflower. Stephen, let's go ahead and toss you the keys to the carpenter copter. We're leaving behind this border region. We're flying all the way out to a haunted hospital. I came across a story recently online. It's from a guy named Ravager Trade. We're going to call him Terry. But he was talking about his time working at a hospital. And he said while he was there, he was told, never go to the fifth floor of this hospital. He's like, why not? And they go, well, you know, you just shouldn't go up there. Don't go there. So he doesn't. But he still wonders why he shouldn't go to the fifth floor. Eventually, he's able to piece together this story. It's haunted. And it's so haunted, we actually don't use that floor of the hospital anymore. Which is weird, right? I think if you built... (laughs) During COVID, when rooms were getting filled up and stuff like that, people are like, (coughs) do you have a place I can go? And they're like, no. (laughs) <laughs> no, this is a five-story hospital. Don't you have rooms on the fifth floor? They're like, no, sorry, it's haunted. As you're dying, you're like, oh, no, I'm a ghost. No. You're still never to go to the fifth floor. They had abandoned it. Not only was it haunted, but what happened was a while ago, a fire gutted the, the floor. It totally ruined that part of the hospital. And this fire ripped through the fifth floor, and it killed a bunch of patients who were non-ambulatory. You weren't able to move, so you probably had people in like a full-body cast. And they're like, oh man, my cast is coming off tomorrow. I can't wait to go out and play rugby. (laughs) That's how I got all these injuries, but I love it so much. And then he sees the fire like knocking on the door. Can I come in? No! That was kind of (laughs) grim. That was kind of disturbing, but anyways. it's, It's dark and disturbing week. You didn't know that? A bunch of people who couldn't move were burned to death. And so Terry, he just never went up to the fifth floor. It wasn't in use. I don't think it had been like burned out for like twenty years. I think this was relatively recent because again, most hospitals you would just have to eventually repair the fifth floor. But he's not going up there, and he has a coworker who he says, "Listen, dude, this coworker was one of the toughest guys I'd ever known. He was this ex-army veteran." One day we're at the hospital and. This dude, this army vet, he his ears kind of perk up like he hears something. And he gets up and he runs out of the room. And a while later, he comes back down to where we're all at. And he's pale as a ghost. And he's not a ghost. He's not a ghost himself. He didn't have little Casper legs. He wasn't floating around. He was pale as a ghost and he was super quiet. And he just kind of sat there. And then covered his face with his hands. And then like for a brief moment just kind of sobbed a bit. And then got up and left. And took a month off work. And later on Terry said that he heard what had happened was. This army veteran guy had heard someone screaming. Sounded like a woman was screaming on the fifth floor of the hospital. And he ran up there to see what was going on. Because it is abandoned. You know bad stuff can happen up there. He runs upstairs to see what's going on. And when he's on that fifth floor, he is suddenly hit with a wave of sorrow. Like his emotion, his own emotions are just drowned out in this ocean of grief. And he gets this feeling, he gets this whole thing kind of pushed into his body at once. This whole sensation that there was a woman on the fifth floor who wanted to end her own life. So she started the fire. And as the fire grew out of control and she began to hear all the panic and chaos that was going on on that floor of the hospital, she realized other people were going to die because of her decision. As the flames were beginning to consume her, she could hear the screams of other people and she realized that she was not only someone who was killing herself, she was a murderer. And this army veteran just felt that story wash over him. But even with all that, right... Even with all of that, this floor is burned out. It's been abandoned. You're not supposed to go up there because there's spooky ghosts. People still did go up there regularly to have sex. Because it was the one place you knew you weren't going to get caught. No one was ever up there. So you would have like doctors and nurses who are having affairs or medical staff who are having affairs. <laughs> I mean, not only doctors and nurses, but you have all these people and they might be cheating on their boyfriends and their wives. and They might just be hooking up with other random single people. Who knows? But they would go to the fifth floor, even though you would know about all of these horrible deaths and possible hauntings and psychic sorrow wafting through the air. People are going to have sex. People are going to go to weird places to have sex. People will go to weird places. They'll go to weird extremes to have sex. I would not have sex in a haunted hospital. To be fair, I wouldn't have sex in a non-haunted hospital. Hospitals are not sexy to me. But they would go up to the fifth floor even with all of this stuff, all of these stories and all of this emotional, psychic baggage attached to this floor. People would go up there to have sex. And what Terry had learned over his time there working at this hospital... he did, Some of it he had direct contact with. Some of it he heard these stories from a friend of a friend. But every couple that went up to that floor to have sex... If they got pregnant, they always had a miscarriage. There wasn't a single time that someone went up there to have sex... And if they got pregnant, carried the baby full term. Every single child conceived up there died in the womb. And he goes, I don't know if that's a coincidence or if something malevolent is still in the air, but it was a pattern that people of the hospital recognized. And that's really the meat of the story, right? It really makes you think, how powerful is the world of the paranormal? And just like how we have that shootout between the police officers and the aliens in the first story, we, whenever we look at these humans versus alien stories, we never really know how it's going to go until we reach the end. It's not an always... No one conclusion. Aliens will win all the time or the humans will win all the time. And that's the same thing with these type of stories, right? When we have normal people's lives collide with the paranormal, you don't know if it's going to be a happy ending or not. You would think that the world of the paranormal would always win because it does seem so powerful. Being able to reach out from beyond the dead, being able to pass through multiple dimensions to come from hell or to come from heaven. These creatures that are older than the earth itself A lot of times the humans come out on top, or at least the stories that we know, right? Because when the humans lose, then there's no one to tell the story. Again, it could just be a coincidence that this is going on, but it could not be. And when I read this story, it reminded me of another story going on right now. At Colonia High School in New Jersey, a hundred former students and staff have come down with an extremely rare brain tumor. It's so rare that the fact, like, one of the guys, he got it, and he beat it, and then his sister got it, and it killed his sister, and then I think his wife had it, and he started looking into it. And it's so rare, but at this one school, you had a 100 people come down with this brain tumor, and the only thing that causes this brain tumor is ionizing radiation. It's nothing in the water it's nothing that you eat it's not a bad habit you have you have to be exposed to ionized radiation or ionizing in the process of it radiation and nobody knows why it's striking this particular school they're doing soil samples and stuff like that now this might seem crass but remember I'm putting my conspiracy cap on all the time i thought what if just saying right i <laughs> know this might sound super insensitive But what if underneath that school, 100, 200 years ago, or more, before that, anyone was even in the area, there is like a crashed UFO underneath the ground? Now, it's most likely that... Well, this was interesting. I was going to say it's most likely some sort of contaminant, some sort of pollutant. But it's weird that it's only this high school. Right. You think some sort of contaminant or pollutant would kind of be in the water system and you might find some of these brain tumors. But I'm thinking, like, what if there is something unexplainable underneath the high school? Not necessarily a ghost. But I remember reading that and I remember making that connection. I go, but that's really like, you're not going to do a whole segment on that, Jason. That's actually, you, you don't want to do that. But then I saw this other story and it said, well, maybe this does happen. Maybe these times where we have these unexplainable health events, it could be connected to the world of the paranormal. We know about the miscarriages of the hospital because you could put together a sample group over a long enough time. We know about these brain tumors at this high school because you can put together a sample group over a long enough time. Let's say that you have 100 people have this super rare disease and they're spread out all over the United States. And you go, well, you know, sometimes people get the super rare disease. But you were able to trace it back, and 90% of those people spent the night at a particular hotel in a town somewhere in Arizona. And they're all. you were able to tell that they all stayed at the same room. You wouldn't. You wouldn't. You would never think that them staying at a room at a Best Western would have ever caused them to come down with this bizarre, super-rare disease. And you have doctors studying it in different parts of the country treating their patient. And it all came down because in 1892, a young woman died of that super-rare disease at the site where that hotel is, and her spirit is in so much agony, she's continuing to spread that. What if our daily lives are very often being interfered with by the world of the paranormal? People dropping dead of heart attacks, otherwise completely healthy people. Not even ones that they can go, well, this person had the widow maker. They had that little flap in their heart that could kill them anytime. No, totally healthy people. Heart, totally fine. Dropping of a heart attack and people go, how did this person die? He was so healthy. Doctors go, we don't know. Just sometimes it happens. But if you connected the web together, there is a point. There is a place where they were all at at one point in their life. Not all as a big group like a tour group, but they all passed through the same town. And it was in that town they picked up this psychic time bomb. If this story is true and everyone who had sex on that floor when they got pregnant, they had a miscarriage... You would, have to, you would have to study that and see, was there something that the fire caused in the environment to make it so a child could not be carried full term? You know what I mean? Like was, uh, flaking paint or the fire activated certain chemicals in the building. There would have to be a reason for it. There would have to be a reason for it. And if you couldn't come up with a rational reason, having sex in a haunted hospital which is the next best reason of why this is going on. And if this does connect, if there is a clear connection between having sex on the haunted floor of this hospital, and if the child is conceived up there, is never carried full term, if we can prove that, then you could extrapolate that out to say this is happening other places. So is it possible that some of our illnesses, some of the weird afflictions that we face, again, not like a cough, which you can just get by being around someone who coughs, but just an odd disease whether it's something like morgellons which no one has ever really been able to put their finger on to something more dangerous like a cancer something minor like arthritis or crippling dementia I'm not saying all of these cases are connected to the world of the paranormal but what if even some of them are even 1% of these cases Being connected to the world of the paranormal, being connected to a place you went to. And it could have not you may you may have never gone in a ghost hunt in your life, but you go to a particular hotel room, and in that room is a spirit who died in such sorrow that a little bit of its psychic energy attaches itself to you. And you go on about your life. You don't see the ghost, you never experience the ghost, but it doesn't mean the ghost isn't there and a bit of it flakes off and infests your own spirit. You may think you can avoid the world of the paranormal by not visiting the haunted house in the first place. But it turns out we may all be living in a haunted world. deadrabbitradio at gmail.com is going to be your email address. You can also hit us up at facebook.com slash deadrabbitradio. TikTok is at deadrabbitradio. Dead Rabbit Radio is the daily paranormal conspiracy and true crime podcast. You don't have to listen to it every day, but I'm glad you listened to it today. Have a great one. Guys.